Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Welcome, Impactful Parents. Today, we're going to talk about the loaded truth behind mommy wine culture. Hello, my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent, and welcome to my Inspire and Learn series, where real parents come on and tell their story of inspiration and learning. Because a wise man learns from his mistakes, but a wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. And today we're going to be learning from Celeste Yvonne. I'm excited to hear about Celeste's personal story of being a mom and drinking wine. And today she's a sober mom. She's an advocate, a writer, and a certified recovery coach. Her essays on parenting and the mental load of motherhood, mommy wine culture, and sobriety It resonates with mothers everywhere, and she has been featured on many publications, including Washington Post, Good Morning America, The Today Show, and so many others. Celeste has also just written a book. It's called It's Not About the Wine. In this refreshing, honest take on some of the most pressing concerns of parents today, Celeste mixes research and cultural references with her own story and engaging interviews with other moms who were on the same journey. The book, which is It's Not About the Wine, is going to pull back the veil on what's really plaguing mothers. And it's and it offers tangible tips on how to lighten the mental load. I'm excited to have her on the show today. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Christina. And I do hope people learn from my mistakes. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to start right away with that. Can you tell us about what mistake, what was going on? What brought you here? Yeah, I think uh, when I first became a mom, something changed in the way I drank. You know, I was always a drinker. I loved to party. I um I drank as a social lubricant, but when I became a mother, the way I drank changed and it felt like I was drinking more as a coping mechanism. I was using it to self-medicate because motherhood was challenging in a way I had never experienced. It was physically, emotionally uh, challenging. And um, I was, I was scared. You know, I was also struggling with postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, and, um, feeding myself, fueling myself with alcohol to get through it with this understanding that mommies need wine. I mean, that's the message that uh, is almost pushed on us from the the day we become mothers, if not prior to, uh, that moms need wine to survive motherhood. Uh, So I took that and I ran with it, that this is just what everyone's doing, because I felt totally overwhelmed, oftentimes incapable. And I leaned on alcohol to help me survive it. The the problem was I was not doing it in a healthy way. Um, I, you know, would start with probably one or two glasses of wine, but by the end of my drinking journey, I was consuming far more than that uh, because my tolerance grew. And even though it felt like I was in full control of my drinking, Uh, I was still drinking at a level that nobody could be in full control of. Um, And that's kind of how alcohol tricks you. It makes you think you have more power 
over uh, your body functions, what you're doing, what you're thinking than you actually do. Uh, and by the time I reached a place where I was like, this is causing me more challenges and harm than it is um, actually helping or feeling good. Um, I had gotten to a place where I was experiencing hangovers more days than not, uh, that I had broken a lot of my rules around what makes a safe and moderate drinker. And I was uh, starting to hide how much I was drinking around my family and loved ones, uh, because I knew that uh, on paper, this didn't look good. Uh, even while mentally, I thought that I was still fine. You know, all these red flags just started peeking up. Uh, so I, I quit drinking. I quit drinking um, just one dark, <laughs> stormy morning in December uh, after hangover put me in this place where I was having a panic attack. And um, I said, I... I have to stop doing this. I have to stop sabotaging myself, sabotaging my parenting, sabotaging my relationships. Uh, this will lead me nowhere good. Uh, so I quit cold turkey. You know, I did it all the wrong ways, you know, ways that now I would encourage people not to do it. You know, I didn't talk to a doctor. I did not find a support community. I thought this was a, uh, a thing of shame that, I was incapable of drinking and drinking normally. Uh, so I thought this was something I would have to hide from everybody because I didn't want to be judged. And the truth is, you know, now I really embrace my sobriety. Uh, it has given me so many gifts uh, that I have no shame around being a sober mom and, and owning that. And I hope that through sharing my story, I can help other mothers who have a toxic relationship with alcohol or who are in sobriety to also feel empowered and encouraged in what life can look like without alcohol. Thank you for being so candid and just yourself as you talk about the story, because I'm sure there's going to be a million mothers. Actually, I know there's a million mothers who can resonate with exactly with what you're saying. And one thing I'd like to start off with is the mothers that actually don't resonate with your story. The ones that, um, as you were putting it, like they, you know, they still think they're fine. And you were even saying there was a point where I knew I'd needed to change something at the same time. Mentally, I'm still fine. And you're, you know, you're justifying it for yourself. Um, there's also a new movement. I don't know if you're aware of, of a lot of moms who are now taking mushrooms to get through the day. And I would imagine that it's very similar reasonings behind it. Now, of course, the substance and everything, the outcome might look different, but the reason behind it all of why you would need something to help you get through, I would imagine is very similar. So whether you are a mom listening to this and you're a wine drinker, a beer drinker, a mushroom eater, or whatever that might look like, what would you say to that mom that's listening to this that says, well, that's nice for her, but not me? I would say it's not about the wine. You know, what whatever the substance of choice is that you're using to numb out, 
uh, genuinely, it's about kind of peeling back the layers of what you are numbing out at in the first place. For me, you know, I think I look back on where I was, I was numbing out at feeling completely overstimulated uh, in motherhood. Uh, the cacophony of raising little children and feeling constantly dysregulated with a lack of sleep and a lack of nutrition, uh, lack of energy. I mean, all these things kind of push on you. Uh, I was also going through postpartum depression and anxiety, as many mothers do. Um, and so there was a lot of reasons for me to think I needed to numb out instead of make changes and adjustments at the root level, at where the challenges were really stemming from. And for me, that looked like, and for many mothers, it looks like a lack of postpartum support. It looks like unequal distribution of labor at home. It looks like a mental load that is just unsustainable in this world of busyness culture that we live in. Uh, this, um, also very independent, pull yourself up by this bootstraps mindset that the only reason you're failing is because you're not working hard enough and that everyone around you is doing it and doing it well, uh, when that's just not generally true. And these impossible parenting standards we have presented where there is such thing as a work-life balance and to lean in to um, this dynamic where you can be uh, a, a mother and a successful uh, person in the workplace uh, without having to make any constraints or um, make any sacrifices, which just isn't sustainable. And it's not um, anybody can strive towards that, but ultimately you feel like you are failing because it's not a, a lifestyle that is meant to be sustained. Now, I agree with you. You could strive for like these big ideas. I can do it all. And I think especially as moms, as women, we do that. We put too much on our shoulders. We put ourselves last so we could take care of everybody else. It's instinctual for so many um, women to do that. And we want to ease that pain. So we say, I need this. I I need this so that I don't go crazy. So, you know, it's, it's so frustrating. Obviously parenting is frustrating. And so is going, getting to the point where you're, you're needing something so badly just to cope with this over here. And that's what it is. It's a coping mechanism. So on top of all of that, you got the society that is making wine glasses saying, mm, you know, this whole mommy wine culture, you know, t-shirts and, you know, and they're all little gift items in the cute little boutique stores and they're so cute and that's just feeding all this beast. So what do you say to that? Like, what is this mommy wine culture really doing to us? Yeah. And when I look at that now, you know, as somebody who's almost six years sober, I see that as a message that the only people winning with that message is the alcohol industry. Uh, mothers aren't benefiting off that message. Children are not benefiting off that message. And we're not going to see any societal changes uh, to uh, 
work life, to the corporate structure, to supporting mothers, to maternal mental health um, and postpartum support. Uh, if we just continue feeding this beast that the only thing you are missing out on um, or the only reason you feel like you're failing is because you're not drinking enough wine is really the message I hear when I see all that. Um, and, you know, at the root level, there's so many reasons we are in this place. Uh, but I feel like the message is really gaslighting women by implying that their struggles are something a glass or two of wine can fix when it is really so much bigger than that. And I hope we can get there. But the, if we just continue to numb it out and not demand bigger changes um, at home, at work and systemically, um, it's just going to, the message is going to continue whether or not it evolves to different uh, drugs or it stays on wine. And again, you know, it's just benefiting these corporations that are feeding off uh, mother's struggles, mother's plights. Um, they are winning off this message because they make money um, off of it. Whereas uh, mothers continue to stay in this position. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, I hate to say this, but alcohol does not work. It doesn't help. It feels like it is helping you regulate your system for about 20 minutes. And then scientifically, it shows that your body almost goes into this recovery mode where it's trying to get the alcohol out of your system, which is why we experience hangovers, which is why our sleep is so messed up when we consume even just a modest or moderate amount of alcohol. Um, and it is known to increase our anxiety. Uh, it is known to also negate the effects of some of our medications we're taking for depression or anxiety. So in all of these things, it's really sabotaging all the things we're trying to do uh, that are deemed as self-care. Um, but that's not the message we see, you know, when we go to whatever it is, the Hallmark store or the, uh, the boutique shop, uh, we get this message that really alcohol will fix what ails us. And it's quite the opposite. Yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> and if I'm a mom and I'm listening to this and I'm resonating with what you're saying and I'm like, okay, I, I know that I probably shouldn't be drinking three, four glasses of wine every night after dinner, but it started off as just one, right? Usually that's how it starts. But now you've come to this point where you're like, uh, I, you know, maybe I, I need to look in. Where do you start? How do you start a sober journey like that when sometimes you hate to wait for something catastrophic to happen to wake you up? So maybe you're reaching somebody right now with our voice, you know, and and they want to get started. How would they do that? I think that's exactly where I was at too. When I quit, I was like, am I waiting for something really disastrous to happen? Am I waiting for this proverbial rock bottom moment before I actually make this choice to change? And if so, why, why would I wait for that? And at what cost? Uh, so if you are kind of in that mindset and kind of considering, or this is is speaking to you, I would say to get curious. Uh, there are podcasts and books and resources out there that you can start 
start exploring and just seeing what other options there are out there for you. Um, I would also encourage anybody who feels uncomfortable with how much they're drinking to um, consider taking a 30 day break. Uh, I have seen in research that uh, 30 days is a good amount of time to actually see all the alcohol detox, even just as a moderate drinker, and for you to actually start a routine um, where you are in a place where you will start experiencing the benefits of sobriety. So 30 days is really a great place to start. And I would encourage people to do that uh, with a community. Uh, there are so many communities available uh, and resources available to start that sober curious journey. And you do not necessarily have to identify as an alcoholic to experience that. So um, there's a lot of resources available for people wherever you are at on this journey. Uh, so many virtual ways to connect with a community and so many support systems that are conducive to uh, mothers, uh, busy moms who are constantly in the car driving around, who can't run to a one hour meeting across town, uh, who just need to connect with people uh, from the from their phones or from their AirPods. And there's one thing that you said that I want to point out to people, and that is that you do not have to identify as an alcoholic. Like, I love that because a lot of these moms aren't. They Maybe they just want to change a habit because they know it's affecting their parenting. You don't have to be an alcoholic to say that this glass of wine is affecting my parenting. It might be maybe it's making me tired too early. Now I can't, you know, spend extra time with my kids that one extra hour that they need me at nighttime or whatever that might look like of why you think, you know, it might be affecting your family. That's it. That's all you need to, to make a choice and, and change whatever habits that you want to change. But there are also consequences to that choice. And I want to talk about that and get real with it because when you have sobriety, there's your life is going to shift and there's some gains. There's definitely some losses. Um, and when I think of losses, I think of maybe even like friends, particular people or traditions and routines that you used to love. Like, so I'd like to speak a little bit about that if, because we're getting real here. Like if somebody's listened to this and they're like, yeah, like it's not all perfect at the end of the tunnel sometimes. And I just want to be real about what that might look like. I'm so glad you asked this. I'm really excited about this question because I have to say the pros and cons that came with so my sobriety are so different than what I anticipated. Um, yes. Quitting alcohol is probably one of the best friendship filters you can find. But I was surprised at how many people genuinely did not care. They did not care that I wasn't drinking. They still drank. They did not, it, they were not phased. Um, the people who were phased were drinking buddies. And I wanted to know that, you know, I wanted to know for myself who were drinking buddies and who were genuine friends. So if anything, I feel like that was a 
a pro. That wasn't a con because my real friends withstood that life change and the drinking buddies dropped off and that's for the better for everybody. Um, But also, you know, I think there's this fear that life as we know it will no longer be fun. And I think Laura McCowan says it best. She says, if it's not fun without alcohol, it probably isn't fun. And I think my definition of what is fun looks different now. Um, Going to a kegger does not sound fun to me, whereas it might have when I was still heavily drinking. Uh, Going to a pre-party doesn't sound fun to me. But you know what does sound fun that didn't? Taking a six-hour hike with no alcohol involved. I mean, going on vacation with people who are non-drinkers or light drinkers and not worrying that my alcohol use will stand out. I mean, these are how my fun and my definition of fun has changed. And in so many ways, it has opened up more doors for me to have fun than less. And it's been in such surprising ways that it's exciting. And I I hope people know that the doors that close are so much less than the doors that will open when you quit drinking. Now with your sobriety journey, a lot of times there needs to be a replacement factor instead of just eliminating. And I think that's a common misconception that, oh, I just have to stop this. Usually you replace this with something. So I'm curious, you know, what did you replace your glass of wine with? Yeah. And a lot of people um, do kind of a switcheroo in early sobriety where they go from drinking to sugar or to kind of unhealthily coping with some other mechanism. There's so many great options that you can do instead that are actually healthy. Um, I personally love an evening mocktail. Um, That's That is part of my standard routine. And I encourage that, you know, if you can replace uh, your evening glass of wine or three or four, if you're more like me, (laughs) with a non-alcoholic beverage that is still delicious and something to look forward to, do it. I mean, if you look at things like books like Atomic Habits, they say replacement is such a critical part of changing a habit and creating a new long-term habit. That is um, an essential idea to sit with and consider. Uh, The other recommendation I make is during the time when you are most prone to drink, whether it's the witching hour, if it's five o'clock on the nose, whatever it is, to remove yourself from the environment where that would generally happen. Uh, Whether that's if you're standing in the kitchen, you take the dog for a walk at that time. If you are um, out for dinner, you know, you switch it up with a mocktail. Like what can you do to change your environment so the same, you know, brain transmitters uh, that are bouncing around get shaken up a little and you're able to create new routine, new structure and not fall for a a, a trigger per se or an old habit or lifestyle um, that you want to switch up on. 
yes, all of that, what you said, yes, yes, all yes and yes and more yes. And if uh, you're listening to this and you are interested in the book that uh, Celeste just mentioned, it is called Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's an amazing read. I've also read it myself and loved it for changing any kind of habit that you might have in your life. So I've certainly used it uh, on many different things. (laughs) So great read. Let's talk about It's Not About the Wine, which is your new book. Just tell us, what can we find inside? Why would somebody want to grab it? This book is for any mothers um, who feel like they got stuck in the alcohol trap. So many of us did, especially during the pandemic, the amount of the drinking rates for females has risen significantly. And the latest stats show that it's higher than ever, especially since the pandemic. Uh, So if you're there, uh, like so many of us, you are certainly not alone, but how do you fix that? And how do you make changes uh, so you can cope with some of these bigger stressors in motherhood without alcohol and what that can look like? Um, So that's really the goal. Uh, I also share my own story. I share stories of other mothers who found themselves in that same place and also uh, got to a place in recovery where they feel good. Um, And then I used a lot of research and data to help us understand how we got here. Uh, Because I don't think it's a coincidence that more women are drinking than ever. I think there's a lot of things playing into that. Would you say that the book is something for someone who's considering their sobriety? Or is it really for somebody who's um, looking for how do I how do I get out of the like, does it offer truths like tips inside also? Or is it more uh, literature that resonates and inspiring? I say a little bit of both. I've heard from mothers who have read it, who aren't on a sober journey, but they appreciated and felt they felt a connection and the relatability as feeling like a mother who is stressed out, burnt out, touched out, uh, needing better support. So I, I think it is helpful to any mother who is in that place Uh, whether or not they are turning to alcohol uh, or just wondering what they're doing wrong because they're not doing anything wrong. We're in a broken system. We certainly are. And it's not about the wine. Is it a novel or is it a self-help book? How long is it? I'd say it's part novel, part um, self-help. Uh, sorry, part memoir, part self-help, uh, and part uh, sharing stories. It, it really isn't one thing. Um, it's a little bit of everything. Thank you so much. Where can we get it? You can get it anywhere books are sold. It's on Amazon. It's at your local bookstore. Uh, go check it out wherever you like to buy books. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. If you have an inspiring story and want to share your story with the audience so that others can learn from you, please go to theimpactfulparent.com slash work with me and sign up. I I hope today's episode brought value to your day. And if you would like to become a more impactful parent, download the Impactful Parent app. The Impactful Parent app is free to download and full of episodes just like this one to help you in your parenting journey. So carry help 
and tips and parenting resources right in your pocket so that you can refer to it when you need it most. Plus, when you download the Impactful Parent app, you're also joining a community of like-minded parents that just want to do the best they can for their child. The app is free, so you got nothing to lose. It is just a free parenting resource just for you. So pull out your phone, go to your app store, and search Impactful Parent. I'll be there. Or you can go to theimpactfulparent.com and download it from my website. But until next time, you got this, parents. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.